560. You can support this terrorist act and hide behind anonymity. KWTO. This is the Elijah Har Show. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at 933KWTO and stream us on the 933 mobile app. Welcome back to KWTO. An hour down, hour to go. If you weren't with us in the last session, we talked a little bit about state of the state, the record proposal from Governor Parson to the budget with Cody Smith. We have dove into the, the, the border crisis between Governor Abbott and Joe Biden. But one thing we haven't touched yet is the conversation about what's happening in the Missouri Senate, the battle between, well, everybody. Joining us now on the show, Senator Holly Rader. Senator Rader, welcome back to the show. Hey, thank you for having me on. Senator Rader, first things first, question of the day, and this one's a little tricky because it's a policy one. What do you think their proper role of the government is in regulating artificial intelligence? Well, pop that right out of this. I love it. Yeah, get the hard stuff. Yeah, you know, I haven't thought about that. Um, I mean, of course, it it needs to have regulations. There's certainly, you know, I work a lot in the um, uh, child exploitation and sex trafficking. And um, I know that there have been some cases of of AI being used to... um, copy a child's voice and send that to a parent and you know there's there's some different things that you know law enforcement has had to watch out for that so there needs to be some regulation what that looks like i couldn't tell you off the top of my head we we really need to delve into that and i know that is something that is of concern and, and legislatures including ours across the u.s are looking into it is one is a fun question because nobody's really thought about it and it's suddenly everywhere you cannot miss stories about artificial intelligence and 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 deep you know deep fakes and all of that and i i find it fascinating okay get us caught up this was a bit of a whirlwind week or maybe a whirlwind decade in the missouri senate this week give us a give us kind of an insider's view of what happened you guys it feels that way so we have, um, so two weeks ago, we had Senator Eigel want to bring the initiative petition reform bill to the floor, bypass committees, and bring it to the floor, which is an unusual move, but from what it looks like, it is a part, it is in the rules, certainly, you know, not what our founding fathers had started with, and that's, you know, the process, the bills go through a committee, you get to have them vetted, you get to have public testimony, and then it moves, you know, then from there onto the floor and then over to the next house. And so what he's done, and look, he does this for attention, and we all know that, and and the public is really starting to see that as well. But he has picked this issue, which, by the way, they're the ones that held it up, and we didn't get it done last year because they filibustered the last few days, and we didn't get to bring up the final bills including IP reform. But so he, you know, had had to take a vote because you have to have a vote of whether to bring it to the floor or not and bypass the process. For those of us who respect the process, and look, this is the people's initiative petition is the people's process to get things passed on the ballot. 
like that is to me that is not something you do haphazardly. Like yes, it needs reform. I want more rural voices heard when getting things on the ballot, but you you need that proper process to go through committee, hear testimony, and move forward. And the interesting thing is, is that you know he has said that until we allow this unusual move to happen and bring it to the floor and circumvent the process until that happens, he's going to hold up all progress on the Senate floor. Well, had he have sat down and let the process work, that bill would have been referred to committee already. It would have had its committee hearing already, and it would be headed to the floor right now. But, you know, he's not telling the, the uh, as I call it, the rest of the story. I've been doing my uh, little Paul Harvey on my social media. <laughs> Tell me a little bit. So, you know, and and people have asked me who's at fault. I'm like, I, you know, listen, both sides probably share a little bit of blame in this. You know, the argument from them is, well, what if it goes to committee, there's no guarantee it's going to come up for a vote. True or untrue? Untrue. We had no trouble bringing it up for a vote last year. We got it out of the Senate and over to the House. Then the House made changes, sent it back over to us. And we just needed to work through it and get it to another vote. And that's when they stalled and filibustered and prevented us from doing that last year. And this we, is, We've not shown any problem with getting it to the floor. And this is what I said is, you know, last year they wanted, and I don't want to say that the, that the Freedom Caucus is totally to lame, but I do have a problem with them saying they can't get it to a vote because last year I remember them filibustering because they wanted a different bill on the floor and IP reform was sitting there on the calendar. I kept thinking, guys, that bill's going to die. And it did die. That's exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. And so this isn't about them actually caring about this topic. This is about them finding more ways to make disruptions on the floor. And when you ask whose fault it is, I will say it's a little bit of both sides. But the reason that it's some of our fault as well is because we didn't start really pushing back on these new tactics they started using a couple years ago. When they started disrupting things, we didn't start going straight to social media and saying, okay, they're filibustering again. The Senate costs over $30,000 a day to run, and that's $30,000 of taxpayer dollars a day to run for them to shut it down. And we should have been telling, we should have been telling that story when they first started this. And that's the blame that, you know, I'll absolutely accept is that I wish I would have started pushing back. Um, I did push back, but I wish I would have been able to really be straightforward. You know, now I'm running to social media every opportunity I get saying, look, this is what's happening again because it is time the voters get to see this mess. Well, and it, you know, it's, it's unfortunate because I think, and I've had my share of problems with leadership in the Senate in my time, and I've had my share of problems just with the Senate in general and the way things are traditionally done. But yeah. last year for me felt like a turning point because prior to last year, I always sort of blamed, blamed leadership or blamed this process for killing good bills. And then last year there were several teed up and then we saw filibusters and I kept thinking, I don't understand what's, what's going on. And now I'm like, as, as, as last year ended and this year started in exactly the same form, I feel like in, if you pay attention, you start to say, wait a minute, something's not adding up here. 
Right. And it's, it's you've got a couple folks running statewide that don't have the money to put TV commercials up. So they're acting up to get attention on the media and social media. And that's exactly what's happening. Tell me, and I know you, nobody's got a crystal ball, but look into your crystal ball and say, is there a path out of this where the Senate goes back to being functioning in nature or not? Yes, absolutely. And and the thing is, is that, you know, like I was talking about pushing back on them, they, they've never, you know, they've had me doing it here and there. They've had others doing it here and there. They've never had everyone banded together saying, look, guys, we're not going to act this way. We are sent here to do work of the people, and we intend to do that. And so, you know, they've never had it, the whole group push back on them like this, and we, we are all doing it. They've never had sanctions for their actions. I mean, they're, they're wasting taxpayer dollars. That should not be allowed. We're not going to allow it anymore. So I think that, you know, just like when you're correcting a child, eventually they start realizing, look, I'm not going to get by with this. I need to start acting right and doing the work that I'm supposed to be doing. All right. I, I got to ask this because everybody brings it up to me, the parking spots. You know, 20 years ago, that was sort of a commonplace things to do is to take somebody's parking spot to make it a little less convenient. Be like, listen, if if, if you're going to be a total inconvenience to everybody else, we're going to be inconvenient to you. This time when, when the, they were reassigned parking, they used that to galvanize interest in their cause. What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on that are they complain, whined, and cried on the Senate floor longer about those parking spaces than losing their chairmanship. And their chairmanship, losing their chairmanships also made them lose some of their office budget. So for them to be more concerned about those parking spots than they were about their chairmanship. I think it shows that, that was the exact button that leadership needed to push. Now, what what I found interesting, they, you know, there's been a few central committees around the state that have written letters saying, hey, we back them. But one of the interesting ones was from Caleb Brown's home county of Boone. After it got read on the floor, Boone County came out and said, no, 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 we never passed that. That, that hasn't happened. It, it feels like this is one of those situations where, Stuff gets said, and before anybody can fact check it or confirm it's true, it's it's already out there and it's accepted gospel. Right, and Elijah, that is exactly what these guys have been doing. They're frauds. That's exactly what they've been doing. They tell about ten percent of the truth because they don't have to, people don't fact check, and so that is exactly what happened. And and Boone County had to come out and say, look, that. We didn't put that letter out. So how many more of these other ones were frauds as well? I don't know. And, and that's, that's a concerning thing. Because if the central committees are like, hey, we're upset, that's one thing. But if you're reading letters on the floor that are fakes, that aren't real, that's a whole nother thing. And it throws everything up into sort of a, a state of concern. Now, you say there's a path out of this. You say there's a path back to some sort of function what should we expect next week from the senator, or, or is it even possible to predict that? Well, they've already told us that they're going to get up and filibuster the gubernatorial appointment. 
And 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 let's talk about that. I don't even have you know. I know there's people that are that are out. How many appointments are there? Do they have any objections with any of them, or is that just a tactical decision to get something else? Right. They don't have any objection to anyone in particular on there, and they've said that. So I'm you know just repeating what they've said. Um, they are just using that as their mechanism because there's a stop clock on those appointments so after you pass that i believe it's 30 days then there there those folks have a lifetime ban from being appointed to that same position that the governor's trying to appoint them to so i believe they use this thinking they're going to budge us and we're going to give in to all their demands and by the way it's a list it's not just bring the ip bill to the floor it's send this bill to here, this bill to there, get our bills out of the chamber first and over to the House before any other member's bill is heard. Like, it's a list. It's not just the IP reform. Like, it's a list of demands. This is so bizarro world. But anyways, um, they think that, I, I believe their thought was, is with that stop clock being on these appointments, that they could really push their message and get everybody to back out of them. And I'm telling you, it ain't going to happen. All right. Uh, next thing. Because once we did, we would have to do it again and again and again. And that's what has perpetuated this type of action. And so we're hanging together and we're saying, no, this, these actions, this mess, this waste of taxpayer dollars is going to end here. Next question. And, and this is one of the things I pointed out because I, I, I've talked to a few people about this that I've, I've pointed out what I thought there were valid concerns of Freedom Caucus brought up and valid responses from leadership. And then I brought up what I thought was maybe some bad actions on both sides. But one of the most valid things I saw was Majority Leader Cindy O'Loughlin sent an email out, I think last week, with a breakdown of last session, the number of bills that were referred for Freedom Caucus members versus everybody, heard for Freedom Caucus members versus everybody, Passed for Freedom Caucus, and in each case, the Freedom Caucus was batting a higher percentage than everybody else. And I was like, in my mind, that's a pretty good argument. It's like, guys, we're already giving you more than everybody else, and yet you're filibustering. Right, and that's exactly. And last year, you know, we we kept the, the progress going, but she was having to give and give and give they kept moving the goalposts where we want this or we're going to get up and talk or we want this and we're not going to sit down and she kept doing that to keep the you know trains on the track but then this year we come out and they start off with it with this list of demands and we had to decide we're not this is they are now worse than last year when as you said the numbers show um and other people have priorities, like, you know, the bills I'm working on are for the, the foster kids, to help the foster system, to help sex trafficking, which Missouri is one of the worst states. You know, I mean, there are some important things that the rest of us are working on. And for them to say, oh, no, our list of bills must get done first when they're sabotaging themselves. They just don't want to work and get it done through the actual process. Senator Rader, we, we, we don't have a ton of time left. I know you are running for lieutenant governor, but really quickly wanted to touch on what I think is 
is something that has totally missed everybody's attention around here, but is is a massive impact in Missouri economy. Magnitude 7, one of the last aluminum smelters in the country in southeast Missouri, announced its closing. And I know that is a particularly significant hit to the southeast Missouri economy. Tell us uh, real quickly what's going on there. It really is. And, you know, we didn't have any forewarning. Yesterday, the story broke. The Senate, Senator Bain and I found out at that point. And, um, I mean, that's, that's 400 jobs. And in, in an area that we, we're the most impoverished in the state. And so we went through this just a few years ago when Naranda went down. And then we had this company, you know, come in and, and purchase this. And we, you know, were really have been feeling good about it. And we've had all these people back to work. And now we're just taking another hit. And, I mean, it's, it's devastating for the big deal. I know Senator Schmidt and Senator Holly are working on things to try to get them to stay open. Um, but it's, you know, this is it affects an effect on our entire United States. But it is devastating for the boot heel. Senator Rader, uh, if people want to follow along with the work that you're doing, with what's happening in the state Senate, um, or your campaign for statewide office, how do they follow you on social media? com. And um, I'm either Holly Rader, R-E-H-D-E-R, or Holly Thompson Rader, which is my maiden name. It's an honor to my daddy for me to use that. And um, Holly Thompson Rader. And so you can find me through either of those ways on the Internet, Facebook, or Instagram. Very good. Holly Rader, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Good to talk to you as well. That was Senator Holly Rader. She's running for lieutenant governor. We're going to be right back. Don't forget our snake draft coming up 537. We'll be right back.